Today on The More You Know, The Better It Tastes, we'll be talking to Paul Griffith, one of the owners of Smashing Crab. They ain't forking around. We have a lot of fun today. Be sure and listen. Welcome to The More You Know, The Better It Tastes, where we explore the backstory to some of the best restaurants and chefs in South Texas. And now, here's your hosts from San Antonio Restaurants, Alan Williams and Susie Lafredo. Hey, Alan, how's it going? Hey, it's going fantastic. It is a mm-hmm. great day, right? Yes. I know. And we have an amazing guest today. Mm-hmm. As, as you heard in the intro, um, we have Paul Griffith with Smashing Crab today and he amazing businessman first of all i mean i hear so many stories about all of the different things that you have going on in san antonio so so i think you guys are going to be i i think you're going to be excited and and to to learn a little bit more and and go in depth about his story absolutely welcome paul well thank you for having me i appreciate it yeah we are glad to have you here i have known paul for a couple of years now and he is one of the he's the ceo of the smash and crab group uh, but there's uh, several other owners, and I know just about all the owners and really great people. So uh, glad you're here today representing your brand. Well, thank you again for the <laughs> opportunity. I appreciate it. And I guess before we get started, I'd really like to take time to you know, thank you on behalf of all of us restaurant owners for the support that you've given us you know, throughout the, throughout the, awesome. the last couple of years. So we really appreciate the service that you provide to oh, us. That's very cool. oh, thank you so much. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we're all about local restaurants and we really think that people are missing out. There's people that won't eat at local restaurants. They think, no, they, you know, they only go to the big name. They know exactly what they're going to get every time mm-hmm. and they're missing out. I think so. I think so. I mean, um, I, I love to go to the local, local spots. Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly to support the in, to support the industry, and besides that, there's just great food locally. Oh, absolutely, that's where you're going to find your scratch kitchens. That's where you're going to find your you know food made fresh. And then also, you know, I think people um, have this thought in their mind that it costs more money to go to a local restaurant versus a chain, where that's just not the case either. No, that's, that's not, not true. The case. Yeah, yeah. Well, Smashing Crab right now has three locations here in San Antonio at 700 East Sontero Boulevard. The original one at 8910 Bandera Road. And what is a cross street there? I guess it's close to Gilbo or? Gilbo. Kind um, of in between there, yeah. So 8910 Bandera Road. And then the newer one at 11975 Alamo Ranch Parkway. Correct. All right, great. And uh, then you have some other businesses too, which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. As Susie said, Paul is a great businessman. Mm-hmm. So he's into all kinds of stuff and we'll, we'll get into <laughs> that. So, um, you know, Smashing Crab opened in 2017. And uh, what is the story? How did y'all end up doing, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump ahead. Paul owns Alamo City Barber College, and he doesn't have a hair on his head, so I don't know what he knows about a barber college. But then he also owns a restaurant. How did you decide to open a restaurant? Right. So my business partner, Jamal Pratt, and I, we do own the barber, the barber school. Um, but the restaurant came, came to pass by way of Mr. Pablo Felix, who's an owner operator with, uh, with us here at Smashing Crab. And a great guy. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm sure he'd be glad to hear that from <laughs> you. Um, Pablo, Pablo had visited a concept of, up in Chicago at one point and thought that, Hey, this might be a great idea. He had visited with his, with his wife, Sarah, and thought that it would be a great idea. Um, he then 
knew that Sarah worked for a good friend of mine named Robert Blaylock. We went to Tennessee State University together. Mm-hmm. Robert owns some Zaxby's out of a couple of Zaxby's restaurants out of Florida. So Pablo knew that that Blaylock had a restaurant background. So he said, hey, let's take this idea to to Blaylock. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, who worked for Blaylock, was Sarah Sarah's Blaylock's right hand man. Mm-hmm. Um was like, uh, you have to put it together in basically a one-page format for Pablo, I mean, for Blaylock to to listen, Pablo. Mm-hmm. Pablo did the research, came back, gave the information to Sarah. Sarah put it on Blaylock's desk. Blaylock then called me and said, hey, there's this concept that I'm interested in. Um, I have a meeting scheduled with the people. Why don't you come down and help help me assess the value of sure. whether or not this is a viable opportunity. Because by education, you're an accountant also, right? Correct, uh, it, correct. Are you a CPA? or CPA, certified internal auditor, um, master's in business finance. Right. So, sure. so all of uh, the above. All nerd, the stuff I don't yes. like. Yeah. <laughs> all of the nerd things. So. Right, right, right. So, um, so what, moving forward, we, we decided that uh, we, went, we went to the meeting I love crab. There was a concept. There was a the the concept sounded very interesting. So I went back and I told him. I said, "Hey, after talking to the people, um, I, th- I think it's a good idea. You know, without really understanding the financial side of everything, but I think you might want to give it a go. But just out of curiosity, you're already in a royalty situation, royalty remission situation with Zaxby's. Why don't you just do this on your own?" And he had mentioned that. He really didn't have the time to do the R&D associated with getting a restaurant mm-hmm. lifted right, sure, because of sure. his busy, busy schedule. Um, because he's an ex- at the time he was an executive IT, um, uh, an executive w- over, the, over an IT department with a big company. Okay. All right. So he said, based on the recommendation, he said, OK, well, I'm going to go forward with it. Why don't you participate? And I was like, no, I'm not interested in participating. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why? And I was like, we already have the barber school. I come in late every night. My kids think I'm a stranger. It's <laughs> yeah. just not happening. <laughs> so hard, it's, yeah. it's just not happening. I went through the grind of opening a new mm-hmm. business sure. before and understood the, you know, the difficulties and the time commitment that's required. Sure. So he didn't take no for an answer. Anybody that knows Blaylock just didn't take no for an answer. So we ultimately, so he called me up and said, hey, you know, I'd really like for you to participate. I talked with Jamal. We decided to do an equity, you know, an equity raise amongst some trusted friends. Hence the list of individuals that Alan um, named er, named earlier. Mm-hmm. And we ended up bringing the concept to, to San Antonio, but under one condition. We didn't want to, we didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, make it a franchise. I wanted it to be our own. Okay. Particularly because... Um, some of us are from Louisiana, have Louisiana roots, mm-hmm. and we can really provide a Cajun, Cajun-based offering sure. at the at at a place that's typically known for its crab boils. Sure, and, and you can bring in nature. your own. You can bring in your own recipes, everything. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, and that's pretty much what we did. Mm-hmm. So when you go to Smashing Crab, what you're going to get, they have a lot of those delicious seafood boils. They bring it to you in a in a bag. You you name what you want to put in the bag, what you what kind of sauce you want to put in there and mm-hmm. how, how how hot and spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I'm a wimp. I get almost the almost zero spice because I'm a wimp. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but then you also have delicious uh, fried seafoods. You have mm-hmm. some some poor boys mm-hmm. and some your gumbo is really good. So yeah, y'all y'all do all of that there. Right, right. We we do all of we we do all of the boil lobsters as you previously mentioned. And we're really proud of our Cajun-based dishes, some of the things that you mentioned mm-hmm. that are traditional Louisiana-based mm-hmm. cuisines. Your po' boys, whether it's a catfish, soft-shell crab, shrimp po' boy. We also are proud of our gumbo, as you mentioned, which took a couple of years to, to, to get to where it is today. Um, our crawfish etouffee, our red beans and rice, oh. those traditional Cajun staples sure. that, that, that I feel like kind of differentiate us from some of the, the the competitors that have come in, and, you know, post-smashing crab. Sure, sure. And, and so. bringing those flavors to San Antonio, that was very, that was so smart mm-hmm. uh, because that's not something that San Antonio really had. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You were the first. I mean, now there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if I'm going to say imitation, but there's a similar places out there mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. When you came, you were the only guy doing that here. Right, right, yeah. right. And that was, that was important for us. Well, we didn't even really know at the time that – it was something that anybody else would be cons- be considering mm-hmm. and or considered popular enough for other people to kind of make the investment in and, mm-hmm. and bring it to San, Anto- San yeah. Antonio. Sure. So, yeah. Well, um, you, you mentioned your red beans and rice. I have a good friend from San Diego, California, and every time he comes, we always go to Smash and Crab because I took him there one time and he just fell in love with the food. And the first time he came, his wife didn't come with him, but he says she loves red beans and rice. So we figured out a way. I think uh, I think Sarah helped us to to package it, and he took it all the way back to San Diego with them for, and she loved it. It oh, was perfect. That's so so. Cool. <laughs> really, <laughs> well, really well, cool. Well, kudos to Sarah, and we'll do our best to accommodate our guests mm-hmm. that really enjoy the food mm-hmm. and might want to, you know, have it delivered or flown or taken with them. So sure. we'll do our best to, to try to make that possible. So I'm glad Sarah, Sarah took the initial effort. Yeah. To and we, we that hear together. that a lot. And, you know, of course, you know, on the San Antonio restaurant group, I mean, a lot of people, you know, when they go to a restaurant, of course, they're going to come and talk about it. And we hear that a lot. We mm-hmm. hear, you know, that, um, oh, we went to Smashing Crab and it was amazing and they went above and beyond and they did this and they did that. So I think that's something that um, ha- has become a, a reputation, I guess, that, mm-hmm. that is, has grown with your restaurants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in doing the research, I was coming up some of the early days when you first started some of the advertisements or some of the things maybe, you know, when you were on, I'll say Tangie Patton's show, mm-hmm. uh, y'all made a big production out of Smashing Crab is a place you can't use your phone. Because you're going to have stuff all over your hands, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and it is absolutely true. Because that's a that's a good messy thing. You get a bib when you sit down. They bring you a bib, right. mm-hmm. and then you get your hands in that sauce, and you break open the shrimp and all those delicious seafood uh, places. Yeah, you're going to need to to get a, a fire hose after you before you can use your phone again. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we we and we that was just something that we recognized recognized in discharging our business. The whole experience that was coming with it, because while your hands are buttered. You can't talk on the phone. You can't text. <laughs> so we would see a lot of friends and family directly engaging cool. with one another there at our tables where, you know, they wouldn't be doing so otherwise. Yeah. I, I could, you know, I'm sitting next to my kids 
at dinner or in the car. They're always on their phones or yeah. whatever. But w- if we sit down at the table at Smash and Crab, everybody's engaged and we can really kind of understand what's going on with everybody. Sure. Mm-hmm. Smile, laugh, tell a few jokes and just just enjoy the overall experience that we like to see yeah. ourselves in Smash and Crab. That's so cool. I really love that. So, I mean, you you know, so you're an entrepreneur, um, and you had your barber school. So how different is it owning, um, a restaurant versus, you know, um, I mean, I, I imagine it's very different, right? Yeah, it's very, very, very different. One, we sell haircuts, the other one, we sell food. (laughs) Um, but, uh, I think the, you know, they, they are different just because they're just different businesses, but the, but the, um, the basis for driving business and performance is really this is really the same. Mm-hmm. Focus on your guests at the at the barber school. It's your it's your incoming customers for hair haircut sure. and your students and the and students mm-hmm. and yeah. the students mm-hmm. and at the at the restaurants. It's obviously those that patronize you know patronize the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with, with whatever you're doing, your 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 motive is to service the guests. So one of the things that I know when I was talking with Daniel, he was talking about that you know. It's interesting, you know, and I think it kind of it works well too. But you you may have things that are in season during one period of time, and then you know, so you'll run with that and create something amazing around that particular um, you know mm-hmm. product. But mm-hmm. then you know, a month later, it's it's gone, and so it, you so it's, you're really having to you know go on the fly of of what's in season and to provide that fresh. Yeah. Yeah, the biggest and the biggest example of that is crawfish season, right? So typically, this is this is our busy part of the year because mm-hmm. we get we get crawfish and Lent and Lent. The season of Lent is, is also arriving. Sure, sure. But we only sell crawfish during the season. Right. Anybody that's selling crawfish out the season is yeah. not. It's not fresh. It's, it's not fresh. It's, yeah. it's frozen. So we pride ourselves on the fresh aspect. Right. You know of our you know of our seafood. Sure. Understanding also that you know we're a landlocked you know com, you know community here sure. in San Antonio, sure. mm-hmm. but we do get the 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 crawfish delivered to us live. Mm-hmm. We get our lobsters flown into us live. They're right. live in the tanks. Sure. We get our Dungeness crab flown in live. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're live. They're live in the tank mm-hmm. as well. So we pride ourselves on the freshness of some of the items that we are yeah, are awesome. able to serve. Yeah, I, I, sh- I wanted to ask you this before today, so that you could do some research because you may not know this answer. But mm-hmm. I've I've just wondered when you get those bags and you have crab and lobster and things, all, all those great seafood. There's a lot left over. What does your garbage bill look like? I mean, <laughs> you must have tons and tons. With all the I shells mean, and yeah, with all the shells. Yeah, I've always wondered that. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't know exactly what the garbage <laughs> bill looks like, but I will say that we get the we get the privilege of splitting that with all the rest of our tenants that are. In oh, the, I bet they love you. You know, yeah, <laughs> that are you know that are that are in the right. that are in the building. So yeah. So so, but yeah, there's there's a there's a lot left over. And the more garbage there is, the better we feel about what's transpired yeah. throughout the, you know, throughout sure. the day. I, you so. know, and the great sure. thing is that's, of course, it's all, it all breaks down. It's natural stuff. Yeah, you know, stuff. exactly. So, but I just thought, wow, that's a lot of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> of stuff that goes in there. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh. When you first opened the store on Santerra, you also had barbecue. You don't do barbecue anymore. No. So that's that that that's in, that's interesting. That that location there at Santerra used to be a prior 
smoke bar- smoke barbecue. Yeah, it was smoke mm-hmm. barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. It was smoke barbecue. Well, they had a smoker there. Sure. So the chefs, Jason and Pablo, were like, "Let's sell barbecue." Ah. They okay. had done barbecue previous in their previous life, mm-hmm. and I was like. Um, one is from Tampa, and the other one is from Arizona, mm-hmm. and neither one of them are from Texas, Memphis, Kansas City, <laughs> or North Carolina, yeah. right? Yeah. Right, right? You can't legally sell barbecue yeah. unless you're from one of those states. Right. So I was, I was a little bit, I was a little yeah. bit apprehensive about selling barbecue in Texas, right? Via people that aren't from Texas or either one of those previous loca- previous locations, but we, but we did, and it was, and it was pretty good. We had some, we had. Barbecue, chicken, sausage, all of it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But what happened was um, when we started, we didn't realize how much crawfish we were going to sell. Oh, okay. Right. So it came up, it came, there came a choice where we looked at, I had a bet with them. I was like, we're probably going to, if we sell barbecue throughout the year, we would, we would um, trump our crawfish sales that we sell from January to mm-hmm. July. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was wrong. Mm-hmm. When we did the when we did the analytics, it was like we sold four times as much crawfish as we in that okay. period wow, that's, that's than we did for wow. barbecue mm-hmm. in that period okay. for the whole year. Sure. Uh-huh. So the barbecue left. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the barbecue yeah. left and we we went we went with the we went with the crawfish that we probably sell six to eight thousand pounds a month of. Sure. Wow. 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 Well, that's really cool. Well, Smashing Crab has, has uh, you know, expanded. You have the three stores. You also have a couple of stores in Tennessee that are franchised from you, right? Somebody purchased the franchise? Correct. It's only one one store in Nashville. I'm sorry, one store in Hendersonville, Hendersonville. which and is a suburb of, suburb of, suburb of, suburb, excuse me, mm-hmm. of Nashville. Nashville. Oh, I thought there was another one in Nashville now. No? no. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. They did, Alan's doing his research. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 did they did as recently as a month ago put uh put the concept in the ghost kitchen for delivery and pickup only. Oh, oh I see. It. Okay. So it's not a it's not a brick and mortar where you can go dine in. Got it. But if you're in the city of Nashville around that within a five mile radius mm-hmm. of that particular mm-hmm. location, sure. the menu's available through that ghost kitchen, through gotcha. their ghost kitchen occupation. Got it. Occupancy okay. for delivery and pickup. Okay. All right. Cool. So, yeah. So, uh, anybody happens to be listening in Hendersonville, they can go to Smashing Crab <laughs> there, too. But uh, Exactly. Yeah. So, I thought you were really smart. Last year, you opened up your commissary. And, in fact, you, you have been our sponsor for this podcast for the last couple of months for the commissary. Thank you very much, by the way. Yeah. We really appreciate that. You were the first to support this podcast Mm -hmm. and to believe in what we're doing. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Absolutely. We love to do it. So you were smart because to have three different restaurants all selling the same things, you have to have storage for in each of those stores. You have to have the prep room in each of those stores. You have to be able to, um, you know, just take care of everything in each store. So you were smart and opened a commissary off of De Zavala at 5826 Hawk Springs, where it's big enough where you can warehouse this stuff for all of your stores and then prep everything and get it out to your stores fresh real quickly, right? Correct. So the commissary, the commissary is, is, a, is, a, is a blessing and a curse in terms of expense, but mm-hmm. you have to invest in, or invest in something in order for something to kind of pay off. 
the payoff it the payoff for us with our existing units was exactly as you prescribed. It allowed us to batch produce all of our all of our recipe based items, mm-hmm. our gumbos, our etouffees, our Cajun cream sauce, mm-hmm. things of that nature, um, and send them from the commissary directly to the uh, the units via our own refrigeration trucks Mm -hmm. now what that does is it creates a situation of product consistency right right everything's coming Mm -hmm. from the same same recipe right going to the going to three different units Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing despite some what some people say hey it tastes better over here versus over there it came from the same batch right yeah so and we also use that to to portion and process our proteins that we receive so all of our snow crab, all of our king crab, all of our shrimp. We'll take that since we sell by the pound in some cases or by the cluster. We'll take that, portion it out by the pound. We'll weigh everything out. There's mm-hmm. a big quality control process around that. And then send it to the send it to the units based on their orders, which are essentially based on what their sell through is, mm-hmm. you know, for the time. So the commissary allows product consistency. So we were real excited about that. Sure. The the real benefit, you know, and a, or, or shall I say an additional benefit of the commissary is, is that with that came the ability to have our own refrigeration space. We have okay. a 20 by 160 Large cooler. space. 20 by 20 uh, ref, uh, freezer. freezer. We have a freezer that's sitting in there that will provide us an additional 40 feet for the freezer. And what that does is it allows us to to bypass our your typical broadliner suppliers, Cisco, mm-hmm. U.S. Sure. Foods, and go direct to people, um, who, the same people who they buy from, and we get it much cheaper because there's no markup. Mm-hmm. Right. But we're not prohibited from doing that because we don't have the refrigeration capacity as other, as other restaurants do. Yeah. So because we have it, we can go directly to nice. them, get the products cheaper, lower our food cost, and have it delivered to our dock that's there at oh, the commissary. That's, awesome. yeah. that's the benefit. That, that's an added benefit that we'll, that we that we enjoy yeah. from the commissary. Yeah. And there's and there's a couple more. Sure, and I mean, and other restaurants can actually benefit from that as well. Correct. Yeah. Food trucks and small right. restaurants sure. can use that, right? Correct. So. We at the commissary, another benefit that we have is that we're listed as a commissary, which essentially means for the food truck community that there's some place that they can go and dump their gray water and resupply their gray water, dump their um, grease, dump their grease, um, fill up their tires. And in some cases, they can procure food from food from us instead of going to a restaurant depot, H-E-B, or even a Cisco. Sure. If they give us their order guide, which is something that they essentially, everything that they use in mm-hmm. the process of discharging their food, ser- the food service side of their business and or even the supply side of their business, we can go out and procure those items, so show them a cost savings, and they benefit from oh, that as nice. well. Yeah. With restaurants... They can do the same thing, and we do we do that with some with some small restaurants, mm-hmm. um, because we have some purchase power, and we can go direct na- direct now. Sure. We can get some supplies and some food items to them at a cheaper at cost a than what they're currently getting. It comes to our facility, we palletize it, and we call them up and say, "Hey, everything is here that you ordered. 
you want us to bring it to you or do you want to come pick you do you want to come pick it up mm-hmm. and so we have a few restaurants th- and food trucks that use that side of the business to help lower their existing yeah, food that's costs awesome. that's so you're doing so the nice. same thing we are we're, we're supporting local restaurants that's what you're doing <laughs> I, i'm trying <laughs> yes sir yes sir yeah no that's awesome i i, I didn't that that piece i didn't i didn't realize so that's really really great mm-hmm. uh, because yeah. i mean so many restaurants are struggling because of the high cost of product so mm-hmm. to know that they can get it at a uh, you know for for a lesser cost mm-hmm. because of your connection of, of being it that's really, really yeah great. yeah and it's sometimes and sometimes it's because maybe they're small and they don't have the purchase power that that we have so mm-hmm. they don't sure. realize the benefit of a of some um, relaxed pricing that we, you know, that we have. And then finally with our ability to go direct because we have a warehouse in the refrigeration right. capacity, exactly. yeah. we can bypass our broadliners and go direct, get wow. those, get those items at a cheaper cost that and then sell them to the, to, to the community here. I love that. And, and then the part that you didn't talk about is the kitchen that's in the commissary. Correct. So that's for rent as well, is not, <laughs> excuse me. Correct. We have a, we have about a 3,500 square foot kitchen facility there, commercial kitchen facility there at the commissary. And that's where we process and, mm-hmm. and manufacture a lot, of our, a lot of our food. We sure. also rent time in there for um, two food truck operators that want to prep and prepare their food sure. or the catering operations that want to come in and need some place to, to prep their food and adequately refrigerate their food sure. until they're ready to discharge um, their services. So yes, we have kitchen rental time, kitchen rental time. And we have a, we have a person, we have a, a, a small group in there right now, a local um, taco company mm-hmm. right now that's, just batch producing everything. We make some of their items for them. Mm-hmm. We make some of their items for them, but they also are there batch producing a lot of their food. A lot of their food using us as as a commissary mm-hmm. for their um, for yeah. their four or five f- units here in the city. Sure. The same in the same manner that we do. That's so valuable. I mean, we have so many. Um small restaurants that or or food trucks or Mm -hmm. or people who are even getting into the business um of of you know food who post on our group and they unfortunately don't get very far because of the fact that they're trying to sell using their home kitchen or they're trying to sell you know a lot of things like that and you know so we you know try to intervene because you know you can't Mm-hmm. No, that, that's not. Yeah, there's laws. Yeah, exactly. So anyhow, so that that's something that's so valuable to um, have available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We believe we believe it to be we believe it to be valuable, and there's it's kind of difficult to kind of talk to people to help them realize the value value, um, but once they come in and and get and use us from an a la carte perspective, and sure. we get a chance to show them that hey. Um, if you don't have the space to produce your salsas, we can make you a week supply of salsa in our forty-gallon containers yeah. and deliver it to you, and you don't have any you you don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> or if you don't have the staff that can that can you know cut cut forty pounds of fajitas because you don't have the staff nor the space. Yep. Bring us the fajitas. We'll cut them. We'll cut them for you at a at a cost that's. At a cost that's reasonable. There you go. That, see, that's another another that's another thing we hear all the time is that mm-hmm. there's so many kitchens that are lacking in staff, and because of that, restaurants are having to close uh, more days than they want to because they just don't have the staff to be able to you know mm-hmm. do that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. 
really mm-hmm. cool. That's yeah. awesome. So last summer, you guys took advantage of your own commissary by starting Take Flight Hot Chicken. Is that correct? We started a, we started a little concept called Take Flight Hot Chicken Company that took a couple years to develop. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. And so Take Flight Hot Chicken, it comes out of that commissary there off of Days of Allo Road. Um, but it's, only, it's like a ghost kitchen, right? So it's only delivered? Correct. How it's does a, that work? Correct. It's a it's a it's a hot chicken con- it's a hot chicken concept based on your traditional hot chicken where it's dipped in a spicy oil, not mm-hmm. dusted mm-hmm. like some like some others just dipped in a spicy oil and 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 served. It's the probably the most crispy chicken I've ever I've ever uh, eaten in my in my life. Right. Um, but the but but you're correct. We since we have the commercial kitchen there and it's not fully, you know, utilized, there's some capacity there. We decided to finally give this, you know, give this a go out of the commissary at Days of Vala. And it's only available right now through call. You can call in, you can come in, mm-hmm. order, you can call in your order or you can for pickup or you can um, have it delivered through Grubhub, DoorDash, and now Sarah just got us on Uber Eats. So I saw, I was watching, you were on, I think it was SA Living? Yes. Okay. And I was shocked. The pieces of chicken were huge. I mean, and these are wings. Yes. I think that she, uh, I think Shelly Miles was on. She was like, are these wings? (laughs) They were huge. So anyway, yeah. They were were pretty big. and, And when we first, when we were first, looking at the what type of chicken to use in comparison to those that are professionals in the business and looking at the prices that we wanted to charge i felt like looking at at the at the chicken the competitors were using they were small compared to what we were using i was like those don't represent a 12 dollar combo to me sure Mm -hmm. so uh jason our executive chef and pablo were like okay Come back a little later, and they show me these monstrous chicken right, wings right. and chicken legs. <laughs> and like, now, we, yeah. now, now we're talking. Now, right. you know, now we're talking. Yeah. But the, the but but the chicken is, is 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 pretty big, and we did it because you know the price that we're charging. We really wanted to to for the for sure. the consumer to feel like there was a value yeah. attached to it. Yeah. Um, but we we also offer that uh, that take flight out of our Alamo Ranch location. Okay. Now okay. you can you can call in there, you to go pick up, mm-hmm. or you can actually go there and ask for the take flight menu. Oh, and you sit can down dine in? and dine in oh, there. Nice. Oh, okay. So they're making it there. They're Very making it know. there. Oh, that, I didn't know great. that. Yeah, and we'll eventually we have plans to put it in Stone Oak, but you know we have. You know, we're, we're, we're having staffing issues yeah, and we're, yeah. we're getting there. You're so. using your yeah. process, which is yes. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, what about the, the future? Uh, do you see additional smashing crabs opening up around or are you three is enough? Uh, I think right now three, I think right now three is enough. Mm-hmm. That's just me personally, but I will say that the group does have a palate for growth. Sure. It's just, um, you know, coming out of COVID and as uh, Bronda would say, right, getting mm-hmm. through this new COVID yeah. <laughs> um, is, is, is quite, is, you know, it's quite a challenge and it's really required. You heard Bronda say that on this <laughs> podcast. So I, thank you for I, listening. I, I did. I did. I did. Yeah. Getting, through, getting through the new COVID, 
Um, it it really has kind of forced us within the last year and a half to just solely focus on operations yeah. and not even consider growing outside of the capacity that we really have. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I am optimistic about um, some of the things that we deploy to 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 try to mm-hmm. uh, maintain, you know, sustainability in this in this restaurant business that eventually we will be looking to, you know, to 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 grow more smashing crab units possibly not not as big as the you know some of the 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 restaurant space that sure. we currently occupy yeah this seems to be a trend is mm-hmm. to, to kind of go smaller get a, a drive-through window somewhere i don't know how mm-hmm. yours would work with drive-through mm-hmm. but yeah that's mm-hmm. kind of the the trend is to go a little smaller yeah, i yeah, think sure mm-hmm. and the drive-throughs have really been um popular i mean there's some restaurants that i know that we've gone to that are you wouldn't expect to have a drive-through and they do and they just the mm-hmm. business has been really awesome. Well, let's just hope that they don't have a drive through where people are getting the, the shrimp bags and have trying well, to drive the with their... Chi- <laughs> the Nashville chicken, that, that would be... You that know? you can do. That yeah. you could do. Mm-hmm. That, you, that yeah. you could do. That you could do. So cool. Well, Smashing Crab does have three locations. You're at 700 East Sonterra. You're at 8910 Bandera Road. And you're at 11975 Alamo Ranch Parkway. And they are a San Antonio Restaurants gold-approved a- restaurant. Of course, absolutely. And so they have, right now, they have a, a wheel and a, a spin-the-wheel and also a scratch-off. On the scratch-off, you can get either the jambalaya bites. You can get a free head-on shrimp boil with, shrimp, with sausage. That's amazing mm-hmm. that, that that comes as a perk. 15% off the magnolia boil or the crab trap boil. And then on the spin the wheel, you could win a free side of gumbo, a free shrimp basket. You know what? The, the, the fried, your fried food doesn't get enough uh, attention. Your, your uh, po' boy, mm-hmm. where do you get that bread from? Don't you fly it in from New Orleans? We fly that in from New Orleans. Yeah. We, would, we would not sell po' boys if... We didn't have that bread because it it's the got to make it authentic. Yeah. yeah, we wanted to really feel like it. If you ate a po' boy, a smashing crab, you were eating one out of uh, out of New Orleans. So I I sat in the lobby of that company to 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 have them allow us to get that, to bread. Get that bread. Oh, that's, that's cool. fantastic! Yeah. yeah, so the the shrimp basket, I get the po' boy that has the oysters and shrimp both on it. Mm-hmm. You got fifteen percent off the magnolia, the West Wago, or the crab trap boil. So those are all the things as a perk. You can get if you uh, go to Smash and Crab right. with your gold membership. Yeah, absolutely. And you know the I, I, I always say you know with our Gold Club membership um, or our Gold Club, any of the restaurants that are gold approved. I mean, these are restaurants that I mean we believe in that we have been to that you know we know are amazing. So you, we take the guesswork out for you. I mean, you uh, a lot of people say you know oh, man, I mean I'd love to go eat local, but I just don't know where to go. So they just go to the tried and true chilies or whatever you know mm-hmm. but so so don't worry we, we took the guesswork out i mean these are restaurants that we stand 100 percent behind um yep. and and we know when you go there you're going to have a great experience so. yep we've been going to smash and crab since the first one opened on bandera and we still coming i remember i remember uh i remember when you first came in dan came and talked to us about you know who you were and you were just starting out this you know this page and you you were real a uh, you were real uh, good supporter of ours, and um, you know just by way of your patronage and b- bringing your friends and and family in some cases your family to our restaurants, and so we really appreciated that hour. Yeah, so. well, cool. yeah, it, it's a love fest, then. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> well, great, Paul. Thank you so much for being here today. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Thank you for having awesome. me. It was so It goes good. fast, doesn't it? It does. It, it feels was, like we just started. It does. It does. It, it really does. goes and fast. And there's always so much to 
still talk about too. To know, broach so. well, we'll save that. We'll save that for the later conversation. We'll have exactly. you back in again yeah, another sure. time. Absolutely. Great. Well, again, uh, next week we will have another episode, so be sure and tune into that. And uh, until then, thank you for coming in and uh, listening to The More You Know, The Better It Tastes yeah. from San Antonio Restaurants. Absolutely. Another great, another great podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Susie. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Paul. Bye. Bye.